last week on the podcast. Man, I think it's important to say this. Everything that we've been saying so far, while it is so true and it can be, and in your case and in my case, is definitely, that's what our experience uh, has been, very similar, almost identical. What's also true is your baby daughter, like my baby son, were totally unaware of any of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Totally unaware. Bro, they could not care any less about any of that stuff, which then highlights, for me at least, just how important it is Mm. for us as people mom or dad, but particularly us as fathers. Man, if anyone is listening to this and you're in the early phases or you're thinking about becoming a father, there is work to do beforehand to make sure that you are setting yourself up as best as possible to be able to weather what can be a very difficult transition into parenting. Hmm. Because how you were feeling and how I was feeling was none of our kids' business. Mm. It was none of their problem. It was not of any of their doing. We took the responsibility to bring them here. They didn't ask to be here. Yes. So for us then to retaliate on them the way that you did, the way that I did, shows that we got some issues that we need to deal with. So that we can love our kids the way that they need to be loved. And I love the way you said it. Not so that we can be a father to them in the way that we think they need. Mm. But to be a father to them in the way that they need. So I think that needs to be said. Mm. And, you know, take that, tuck it in your back pocket and do whatever you want with it. Bro. This has been so good. This has been so good, man. This has been awesome, bro. <laughs> so good. It's been so freeing, man. For me and honest, it's been freeing, man. Bro, man, I don't know why I didn't talk to you sooner, bro. For real, for real. <laughs> this was the time, man. This was the time. <laughs> this is the Welcome to Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Kelly, and I'm here to remind you, however you're listening and wherever you're listening, that as dads, we're just like moms, except we're dads. Okay, so your second daughter, she comes, you a better version of yourself. Now, both of them are at an age where they're interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Dude, what what does it feel like to 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 have two girls? Like w- what is that what is that like for Nate? What is that like? Yeah, man. Girl, girl dad. Hashtag, Hashtag girl, girl dad. dad. <laughs> 
and the funny thing is when when Lily was pregnant with uh with Noel, our, our second daughter, um it it was com- everything about it was completely different from the first experience. Mm-hmm. The the you know, morning sickness, the symptoms she was feeling, all that kind of stuff. It was it was completely different. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't pay us to believe she wasn't about to push out a boy. Like we just, we just knew <laughs> it was going to be a boy. Right. And, and so that's, that's how I'm pl- preparing in my mind. I'm like, it's going to be Nathaniel Jr. Yeah. You know, we about to, I, I'm, I'm just getting ready. Right. Because we just knew it. And, um, you know, some, some months later, you know, we got word that uh, there was going to be a girl, mm-hmm. but, I, but honestly, man, even though if, I, if I'm being completely honest, even though, if I could paint the perfect scenario, I wanted a boy first and a girl second. And I wanted, I wanted two boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm being honest, man, when I got into it and, 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 you know, and my, and my girls are here, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Right. Yeah. You know, because it's just something about, you know, coming home, you know, as the only man, man in the house. And it's like, you're the center of everybody's attention. Everybody wants, you know, wants, wants to be. The, it's, it's just a great. Feeling. It's a great feeling, man. Um, you know, now, you know, if I'm being honest, also, man, I, I've had to take a couple trips to that gun range and yeah, 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 you know, trying to get my get, get my get my work right, you know, so just just in case, man, because and listen, you are you already know the game, brother. You already know it. So, I, I see you on IG at the gym, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just getting ready, man, because I already know it's about to, it's about to be on and popping. But um, but, it, but it, it's a great feeling seeing them together and seeing the relationship that they're already building together mm-hmm. is uh, is amazing, you know. And I, I really just feel just feel blessed to have been given the opportunity with all three of my girls just to kind of you know overshadow them, guard them, protect them, and most importantly to love them. So it's it's been awesome, man. When I mention names like Brianna Taylor. Sandra Bland. You have two beautiful daughters. What crosses your mind? Anger. Fear. Um, anger, obvious, you know, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, Malcolm X was the one that said, you know, the most a disrespected person or an undervalued person in America is the black woman. Mm. Um, you know, so anger and how I see that, of course, women in general, but specifically black women are treated and devalued, um, uh, you know, uh, looked down upon, looked down upon. They do more work, but get underappreciated all, all the time. So all, all those kind of things set in. And anger comes in first. Mm. But then there's just as equally with that, there's a fear. And the fear is I know that there is no way I can protect them from everything. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can't protect them from guys. I can't protect them from sexual assault. I can't protect them, you know, when they grow up and go out into the world and how the world will see them, how the world will treat them. You know, because of the texture of their hair or the fullness of their lips or their shape or whatever it is, it's, it's going to be a whole lot that I can't protect them from. And, you know, especially as a, as a man, my gut is man, I, I want to I want to protect my girls and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that they don't have to feel anything, you know, that their mom and, and that I would never want them to fear. But I know I can't I know I can't do that. I know I can't stop them 
you know, uh, later on when they're driving and for whatever reason, a cop decides to pull them over. I can't protect them from that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so fear. And I try to I try to manage that. Uh, You know, one thing that's going to be really important from my wife and and my perspective with with our girls is, um, you know, teaching them things like self-defense and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all that all that kind of stuff. Just to to do whatever kind of preparation we can do, um, you know, so that they can be protected. But that's that's probably the the biggest thing. When I think about Breonna Taylor, asleep at home, right? Barge in, her life's gone like that. Mm-hmm. Like who who writes a script for something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you explain that to to your daughters that because of because their skin color is seen as a threat or because they might fit a description, whatever mm-hmm. that means? That at any given moment, their rights can be uh, infringed upon. Their very life can be taken, even though they didn't do anything wrong, right? We and we talk with our girls, uh, especially my oldest, because mm-hmm. uh, she can actually comprehend that kind of stuff. And we talk to her about consequences, good and bad. How our actions and our choices have consequences, and mm-hmm. she's experienced that both the good end and the bad end. Um, and so, in her mind, is, is programmed. If I, if my actions are good, if I do what I'm supposed to do, then the con- good consequences will follow. Mm-hmm. Conversely, if I, if my actions are bad, if I do what I'm not supposed to do, then there are consequences that set in. Then, how do you sit, you know, a, a child down and say, uh, you know, you can absolutely in this life and in this country be doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. And bad consequences can happen. How do they process that? How do you explain that? Mm-hmm. Right. And so that that scares me, man. Um, and I don't really know what to do. Now, when I mention names like Kamala Harris, hmm. Judge Kentaji Brown, what sort of things come to mind? Hope. Hope, man. My, you know, Naya asked me all the time. Um, you know, uh, daddy, can, can I, can I be anything I want to be? She asks me that all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, listen, baby, you can, you can be whatever you want to be. Anytime my wife and I, you know, you speak, you mentioned Kamala Harris, you mentioned uh, Kentaji. Um, you know, uh, I, I remember my, my, my daughter was, um, you know, she was here around the time when that movie um, Hidden Figures came out mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and I- anything that promotes or shows Black women as intellectuals, successful, achieving, like we make sure that she sees that. Mm-hmm. Like we, I need you to see that because I need you to see that the only limitations that can be placed on your life is what you place on yourself. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want to do. So when I hear names like that, Kelly, be honest, man, I'm, I'm hopeful because I, I have every confidence that my girls will do something that will change this world for the better. That's my prayer. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to work towards. So hope, man. Man, I hear that, bro. I, it's it's so hard to not look at our kids and just imagine, like, are you, did I just father the child who grow up to be an adult to contribute to society in such a way that it changes the course of history? Yes, like that is such a crazy thought to me, bro. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like you have no, you have no idea. You know, your, your son, you got, you got a phenom there. Like you have no idea. None, none. So man, I, I appreciate you saying that, bro. And again, that make that, that highlights for me that we have such a crucial role to play 
and the rearing of our children. And there is going to be a point where we just have to sort of let things go and, and let things be as they're going to be because they're going to be their own individual people. At some point, they're just going to be like, you know what? I got it from here. <laughs> you just got to yeah. fall. That's a scary thought for me, yes. Nate. Yes. That's a scary thought, bro. But that's the that's the inevitability of it, mm-hmm. right? But it's just so it's just so crazy to think, are you the child who's gonna do the next big thing that's gonna change the course of history, hopefully for good? Hopefully for good. And and that's the thing, bro. That's the thing that really sets in with what you just said about the role that we play in kids' life. I obviously we know kids are raised, they grow up and they make their own choices in life. I just don't want it to be that my children are limited or they they go in a certain direction that's not the best for them because we failed them as parents. Mm-hmm. I don't want I, I don't want that to be the case. Right. I know they're going to make their own decisions, but I want them to be as prepared. Mm-hmm. For life. I want them to be as loved as possible. I want to to help you know, cultivate their sense of self-value and self-worth and and their intellect. I want them to use their minds. I want them to know what it feels like to be loved by a man mm-hmm. and what love from a man feels like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want I want so much for them. I just want to make sure that regardless of, of what, you know, decision or pathway they choose, that it's, that it's because they were cultivated, loved, developed, secure, and they felt valuable enough to make that choice and I can live with that. Why is fatherhood so important to you? Honestly, man. And I know the important role that mothers play. I would never devalue that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I truly believe that the backbone of the family is the father. Mm. I believe that with everything in me, I believe that the father in his role Mm -hmm. lifts up the mother to be in her role. When I think about my own life, my mother was never free enough to be a mother mm. because she had to be a father, too. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was such a weird dichotomy there uh, where she somehow, you know, had to, um, you know, be, uh, you know, sometimes she couldn't be gentle when she wanted to because she had to be firm. She couldn't do this because she had to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the constant tug of war between I've got to make up for this role and somehow do this role. And and I think that especially when, and and, and the family takes a huge hit when the mom is not there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that when, that, that when the father is, is not present or when he's there and not present, mm-hmm. right. I think it shifts everybody's role. 
And, and I think it throws the whole system out of whack. So I think I think it's literally the, the, the fatherhood. Fathers are the backbone of the family. And when they're doing what we're doing, what we're supposed to be doing, it elevates our, our wives to be able to do what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and it sets our kids off in, on, on the right trajectory. Reflecting back on your lack of experience with your father, what sort of thoughts cross your mind as you now see yourself in a role as a father? You know, the interesting thing about that question, man, I think about that all the time mm-hmm. is that now before it was it was anger. But the anger shifted to sadness mm. and not sadness for me, sadness for him. Mm. I was having a conversation with one of my mentors. His name is Michael Blunt, elder at the church that I grew up in in Maryland. Mm-hmm. We're talking. I often would call him when I would be in my in, in these seasons of downness when I think about my, my lack of relationship with my father. And I call him um, excellent man. Um, and we talk about different things. And a lot of times, you know, I would I would want him. I would hope, even though I knew he wouldn't, I would hope that he would just join in with me like, yeah, man, screw that dude. Man. <laughs> you know, forget about him, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because that's because that's where I'm that's what like, you hey, needed. Hey, yeah. You know, you going to join in with me or what? Right. But but he wouldn't join. Him. But one of the days he said something that completely changed the way I thought about the whole situation. He said, I don't even feel anger or any of that when I think about your father. He said, the main emotion I feel is sadness. And here's why. He said, because your father will never know how great the kids were that he missed out on. Mm. And so now when I look at when I look at my daughters, when I when I experience waking up to them in the morning, putting them down to sleep, watching them as they sleep. Uh, you know, feeding them, playing with them, all that kind of stuff like that, and the joy. And and some and sometimes you know you you uh, you, you have a, you, you you get fed up, they get on your nerves, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the joy that comes from parenting that I've truly be, begun to experience now, my thought is, man, he missed all of that. Hmm. And even if we were, and I'm still hopeful, even if we were able to 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 start a relationship now. He would never be able to make up for the 33 years he's lost. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that I feel. Sadness. Yeah, man. I'm again, I feel like our lives have basically run the same course. Because my father was not present in my life as well. And now that me and my two sisters we all three of us have children and we all have boys. So he has three grandsons. Wow. Um, it's still from a distance. I think my sisters have opened up the door for him to be able to have a relationship with his grandsons. And mm. as expected, it's kind of a uh, hit or miss. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a whole other topic. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's been, hold on. Do you want to go there for a little bit? Listen, bro, I'm here, man. Let's go there, bro. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's go there. Um, For me, it's been difficult. Yes. It's been difficult to open the door for him to meet my son. Now, that being said, since my older sister and my nephew currently live with us, with me and my wife, 
and she has opened a door for him to meet her child. Whenever he's on video call, checking in with my nephew, my son is around. So he's seen my son. He's met my son through my sister. But he hasn't met my son through me. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through a really extensive process to get to the point of working out my issues with my father. And I'm at a place where, and I've said this on here before, that I understand the cycle of life and life in itself is just so funny that it would be foolish of me to think that there will come a time or that there won't come a time when I'm required to step in and care for my father. (laughs) it's foolish for me to think that that's not a thing that could happen. And so whether or not I want it to happen is a different thing. Yeah. But preparing for the possibility of that happening, I think is very important for me to work out my issues to make sure that should it come, I'm able to care for the man that gave me life in a way that honors who he is. Mm. So I've done that work. And I continue to do that work, but it's still hard for me to open a door and have that access or give him that access to me and my son um, for whatever reason. I, I don't know that I can articulate those reasons yet. It's not because of hatred or it's not because of, but I think to what you just said a moment ago, I think. What I'm feeling right now is that the sadness is so severe that it's not allowing me to do that quite yet. And I don't know if I'm sad for him or if it's a sadness that I'm holding because of the experiences that I missed out on, uh, that I missed out because we don't have that relationship or that he missed out. I, Bro, I don't even know how to articulate it. But as I'm hearing you talk, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm feeling that there is a sadness in me as a, that, that's causing me, if I'm being honest, to not be able to open a door for him yet. Mm-hmm. So where are you at? Yeah, man. Listen, you stepped on all 10 of my toes. Okay? <laughs> um, you know, my other mentor would always tell me exactly what you just said that you want to make sure you do the work necessary so that when your father gets to a point in his life where he needs his, where he's going to need his kids to, to be there for him, take care of him. You want to make sure that you're in a place where you can do that. And I have, he's he been telling me that since I was a teenager mm. and I have vehemently fought against it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I, I ain't doing that. Like what? Mm-hmm. He ain't doing that. Right. Yeah. And, and against it. So so hearing you say that is a conviction to me because I know I'm not there yet. Yeah. But I know. I, be, I believe. Let me say that. I believe that I'm supposed to be there. I'm not there yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm a work in progress there. Yeah. My biggest thing when it comes to my girls is I don't trust him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He and I have had many conversations. Um, you know, where it seemed like, man, it's going to be different this time. And it never is. The same right? disappointments. Same disappointments. Just, you know, different phases of life. Same disappointments. He's met my my daughter 
my oldest daughter one time when she was first born. Mm-hmm. Um, hadn't seen her again since then and, and has not seen my second one. My biggest thing is I, I don't trust him mm-hmm. and I don't want I don't want him to have the same access to do to my girls what I feel he's done to me yeah, and to my siblings. And that's my biggest thing. I don't know if it's the right thing. I don't know if it's the wrong thing. I don't know yet. So I'm going to be humble enough to admit that. I don't know that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I can just tell you why it hasn't been a point of emphasis for me that he meet them or interact with them because I don't trust them. I'm going to tell you how I got to that point. And it was a tough pill to swallow. I spent some time working in hospice. And I often visited people who were at the end of their lives caring for, and it was their children caring for them. Some of them were beautiful, bro. The child taking care of the elderly parent. And the way that I remember this one lady, the way that she spoke about her father, it made me like it moved me and it made me realize, man, I can't speak like that about homie in the first place. Like I can't I can't say anything, you know, that glowing about him. I also remember uh, being with someone who was caring for an elderly parent and it was just their sense of duty. You know what I mean? Like I need to, but what smacked me in between my eyes was the fact that I was dealing with people who were currently at a place that I am headed to. Hmm. I'm going to be that old, incapable person someday. And I brought us a child into this world who's going to be one day for as beautiful as he is now and cute and all of that stuff. One day he's going to be a grown man Mm -hmm. and our history Mm -hmm. is going to be a lot more extensive and there's going to be a lot more stuff that happens Mm -hmm. and he's not going to have all the warm and fuzzy feelings towards me, even though I hope that that's the case Mm -hmm. and I don't intend to do anything to hurt him or harm or harm him or, or cause him disappointment, but I know inevitably I may, and I even will. So those are things that have become so clear to me. Wow. And so working with that population has made me realize one day your child is going to take care of you. Perhaps. Should he choose to? And if we have another child, should they choose to? What are the feelings that they're going to have towards you? What are the words that they're going to be able to say about you when you're in that phase of life? And that hit me hard, bro. Like that cut deep. And so that was, that was like the beginning of a new phase in my process of wading through my history or lack thereof and my feelings towards that history with my father. Because that's, that's life. Life is certain. It's certain that we're going to be born and it's certain that we're going to die. <laughs> like that's, that's where we're working in. That's what we're working with. So it, th- that's what helped me get to that point of at least settling within myself. The understanding that 
I may not speak glowingly of this person, but I can't deny that he was the one who helped bring me to life. I'm here because of him. All of the most painful things that I've experienced on the family side, he's had a part to do with it. But I've been able, I could not have met you, my man, had it not been for him. So I also owe all of the most beautiful, exciting, fulfilling things that have ever happened to me to someone who I don't have a relationship with. But I can't take that away from him. So these are like, that's how my mind has been able to parse things to help me get to the point of realizing I need to find some way somehow, not because of me or because of him, but that's just because this is what life requires. So that should he end up in my house or should it end up that I have to go to a facility or to his house to care for him? Even if nobody else is willing to lend themselves, their voice to him, this man needs to be cared for uh, in a dignified way. He needs to have a dignified death. And if that's a responsibility that I have to take, I owe that to him because I owe my very life to him as well. So that's what helped me get to that point. But it still doesn't mean that it's easy for me to give him access to my son. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes me sound hypocritical, bro. And I'll take it if it makes me sound hypocritical. I'm just, I'm just not there yet. So like you, I'm a work in progress. crazy as it might sound, I don't think that I've ever thought about what you just said in that, from that perspective. It's like, I know I'm going to get old one day. I know that's going to mean that my girl's going to be older one day, but I guess my mindset as selfish as it, as it might be is like, I gloss over it. Cause I'm just like, Oh, you know, I'm a good dad. So yeah, they're going to be there. But I've never really considered the fact that as an imperfect human, Life means I'm going to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm going to say things that I shouldn't say, possibly even do things I shouldn't do. And those sorts of things will kind of affect how they view me. And mm-hmm. wow, I'm, I'm speechless, man. I'm, I'm really speechless. And I think that I know I've made a mistake. We give ourselves so much credit that we don't give other people. Mm. And wow, I'm, I'm speechless, man. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I, I just wasn't there with that, man. So thank you. I, I hope that serves as a, as more encouragement as we're both on our own journeys to give more consideration to that. Hmm. And whether or not it leads to 
us finally opening the door to let our dads, you know, have a relationship with our with our children. I think that um, at least for me, it would be a foolish decision to not spend some time thinking about the implications of what it means for what that could mean for us when we get to that to that phase in life. For sure. I don't even know what else to say after that, bro. <laughs> it's heavy, man. It's, it's heavy, bro. Oh, it's heavy. I'm often reflecting on my history with my parents now that I'm a father myself. And um, I've said this on here before. It, it, I think I'm becoming softer towards uh, in my attitude towards my parents understanding that whether they know how to put it in words or not, they are most likely dealing with and trying to figure out things the same way that I'm trying to figure things out. Yeah. So it levels the playing field a bit. Um, it's also important to say that every single one of us, and this is intuitive, we all come from a family and we all have a family history. So those are the, the criterias that we use to make sense of who we are now as parents, as fathers. And while we want to craft the most beautiful, fulfilling experience for our children, um, the level of intentionality that it takes to do that has to come from reflecting on our own experiences. And we have to allow it to help us retroactively tie the knots on some of the loose ends that makes us who we are so that we can be better versions of ourselves for our wives, for our children, and for people in general. You know what I mean? Um, that's the way my mind works. That's, that's the framework that... that um, that I find myself in often when I look out at my son and I'm just like, I'm not deserving of him. You know, he's, he's teaching me so much and I'm like, I get emotional when I talk about, it. I'm not deserving of my son. I'm not deserving of him, but life entrusted him into my care anyway. <laughs> so, ah, oh man. Yeah. Dude, I don't want to hold you up. Uh, you've been so gracious with me uh, with your time, bro. Um, take the last couple of minutes. And I want to leave it open-ended for you to be able to leave a nugget of wisdom for your girls in the future, for the future. What would you say to your daughters? Fast forwarding 20 years from now as they go out and they're grown women, they're finding their footing in the world. What is one thing that you want them to remember? You know what? Daddy did say this to me. What would that thing be? Oh man. I would want uh, Lanaya and Noel to know that in my mind, they are literally the best parts of me mm -hmm. 
and I've been blessed to accomplish some things and um, had some great experiences, but there is nothing that I have produced in life uh, that is more significant than Lanaya Joy and Noel Desiree Drew. And I would want them to always know that in my eyes, there is nothing that they could ever do not do that could make me love them any more or any less right and so that that is probably the thing that I would always want them to know when I think about my legacy mm-hmm. when I think about what um, what I would leave behind the, the, the most important part of me is the two of them well said brother again I can't thank you enough bro this had been this has been such a significant conversation for me personally. Thank you for being so honest and transparent and detailed about the things that you have felt and your experience as a father. Thank you for uh, putting the spotlight on the work that still needs to be done and men like you and me who feel like we're good dads, but we still got a lot of work to do, bro. <laughs> so wishing you and your family the best, my homie. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, bro. Listen, Kelly, man, I, I can't I can't hop off here without um, without showing you love, man. Um, what you are doing with the Welcome to Fatherhood podcast is uh, is second to none. It is it's needed. These conversations, I have no doubt, are are healing so many of us who are just trying to do the best that that we can do. So I appreciate your um, your courage and uh, and your obedience and and taking this up and continuing continuing this this going. You are, you are one of and and um, you know I, I don't I can't overstate this at all. You know you are one of the most genuine people uh, I have ever met. You have a great heart. You are a good man. Um, and I know that your wife and that your son is blessed uh, to be able to call you husband and, and daddy. So keep keep going, bro. Don't stop because us fathers, we need what you're doing, man. So thank you. Appreciate you, my guy.